Uh, wax on, wax off. So you can be hair free at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu. It's important. I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're looking at part two of our hidden gems, meaning one through five, where it's the awesome cards you missed. Yes, indeed. And you can look back at our previous segment, which was items 10 to 6 of our hidden gems. So, yep, you're pointing the right direction. I trust you. So take a look back at that if you want, if you haven't missed the, if you missed the previous video. But for now, we're going to get to the tippy top, the creme the de la creme. tippy top at 5. 50? Let's five. do it. And at my number five, Kyle, if you don't mind me starting, oh, is a phenomenal card called Lore Seeker's Stone. It's a six mana artifact. For three mana, you can go ahead and tap this bad boy to draw three cards. However, this ability costs one more for each activation, uh, meaning that one blah, blah, blah. It costs one more to activate for each card in your hand. There Literacy, you go, yeah. words, word, words <laughs> and reading. Um, so this is a great card that's great for drawing more cards, especially if you love depleting your hand. So if you're using a deck that likes using Madness or any form of discard or you're wheeling or you just happen to just be dropping so many little creatures out there and populating the field that they're so low costed, you want a way to get your hand back. And this is a really strong card to do that. Yeah, I don't know. This one I'm kind of on the fence about. However, what I will say is if you consider the baseline for drawing three cards, which is essentially what this deck does, wait, what this deck, what this card does. The whole does, deck of yeah. this card, yeah. What this, this card does. So if you look at, especially like you see it mostly on blue cards, usually to draw three cards is about five mana. So like five or six mana to draw three cards, and there's maybe some other effects tacked on, but that's normally the baseline effect there. You go like a so factor fiction this, route or something. So this, if if it's just played, I mean you have to call, uh, tap six to initially cast it, which is not a small amount, and it's probably not going to happen very early on in the game. But if you tap this for three mana and draw three cards, that is a great great deal. Yes. If you tap this for four mana and draw three cards, that's still all right. It's once you get into the, like, tapping it for five or six territory that it starts getting not so good. Well, that's for value, yes. Yeah. But, however, if you have no cards in your hand, you just top deck the land and you have nothing, three mana is nothing. Well, right. That's absolutely where this card shines. Like you said, if you're playing a deck where you constantly deplete your hand, some kind of Hellbent Madness deck, or maybe even something like Mono Red or Mono White that has difficulty drawing a lot that of cards, yeah. that's where this card belongs. Or even Mono Green, who doesn't draw any cards truly in, on its own. I There's, don't know. Green is way better drawing cards uh, than Red and, than red and White you, are these If you've got a days. wallet that's kind of heavy, sure, maybe. There's uh, Some of those cards are not cheap. Most of those cards are not cheap. But yeah, this is a great card that's good for that kind of value, depending on what you're going on for that. You can also cheat this into play. It's an artifact. There's tons of that's ways true. to bring it back from the grave, bring it in swap it out, inverse and out. So it, and it works for any deck. This is something that you do see Eldrazi's run because they need something to keep up that speed right. or anything else. And like, Colorless needs card draw. Exactly. Like I hope a guy per needs this. Like there's only so many cards that can draw, like quote unquote draw them stuff. Like even a Psalm Simulacrum, as much as they want to play that and get the land, they're really crying for that draw a card off of that. So right. just something out there. I like it. I use it. I love it. Just wanted to talk about it's it. It's interesting. I think it has its uses, but you're gonna you're gonna get a sense of uh, you're gonna get a sense of a theme in this top five because the vast majority of these cards that we picked all came from one deck, and it's probably the best one in this release. I don't so know about we'll that. talk about it. They're all from the same deck. Pretty much, yeah. They're all from they're all from the red deck. Which well, the well, red deck was spoiler the Spoiler we'll alert, that. but all right, anyway, go on to your number five card. So yeah, let's tackle one of said cards, which is it. a new legend, Felden of the Third Path. 
So this is, once again, a legendary human artificer. It costs three, one generic and two red, and he's a two, three. He has a tap ability as well. So for two and one red and a tap, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature in your graveyard, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. It gains haste and then sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, where do you start with this? Yeah. This is well, I was, a lot. I remember this was on your original long list that you wanted to talk yeah. about for this set, and then you cut it, and I was like, what? Stu loves this card. I How love this card. It? It's pretty much Santa Claus the card. <laughs> Which it, it it's, is, it's yeah. It's so good. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of a lead on this one. If Go you ahead. Don't mind. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so, obviously... With red, there's tons of cards that discard. Uh, Faithless Looting or Wheeling, for example. Red has probably some of the most effective wheels in the game. Mm. Also, you have things that are just going to make you discard it just for fun, mill out your deck, and pulse draw, whatever you want to say. So what do you do with all that value in the grave? Red doesn't really have a lot of answers for that. But as a commander, it is super strong. Well, there's a couple commanders that really mm. like to abuse it. But this is one of the ones that's the best bang for your buck because for three mana, you can get something out that is not three mana and it's coming and swinging hard. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Felden is making a red reanimator deck possible, which is a bizarre concept, but it's kind of great. And everything about this card is great because one, it's a tap ability, which can be easily reused totally. in the same turn or copied or, or whatever. Then also the card that gets brought back, as you said, it can be immensely discounted, but it also, it becomes an artifact. That actually can be very, very important. Yes. So that, that involves all kinds of synergies with artifacts. You bring back a big token or something, you attack with it or do whatever you're gonna do with it. And then you can be like, oh, hey, it's an artifact. I'm gonna use like a trash or treasure and sacrifice it and get a different artifact back from my graveyard. Yeah, or- Because you can do that. <laughs> Or the scrapyard, um, Carclan Ironworks, pretty right, much. Right, exactly. Like that. Just go ahead and get some more value off of value. But also, one of the things that you can do with this being in red, you start thinking about it. It's like, what do you want in the grave? Well, anger is something, but zealous conscripts is something that you would want in this. Go ahead and get that out, untap it, use it again, get something yeah, big. Exactly. Keep comboing, getting two guys out per turn. And that's just doing it the brute force way. There's tons of ways that you can abuse this guy to get. What, easily four or five cards out from yeah. the grave. And then again, this is one of those cards that kind of isn't really the fixed version of this effect because it's not exiling the token, nope. so there's no death shenanigans. It is sacrificing it, so that gives things like Stalking Vengeance and Vicious oh, Shadows yeah. a huge amount of power. So yeah, I mean, Vengeance being one that's more obvious because it's a creature, but Vicious, Vicious Shadows, I love that card. It's one of my Just favorite name. underrated red that cards. That name, that could be a super villain name. That sounds like a great like, But Basically, it's, a, it's an enchantment that when a, when a creature dies, uh, you then can do damage to somebody equal to the number of cards in their hand. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, you, there's actually. a variety, and I mean, even something like Impact Tremors or something like that is yeah. really good with this as well. So there's so many ways you can do this. This is red, any kind of value deck where it's just generic, this color good stuff, is always kind of like, eh, yeah, like it's a guy who has a collection that doesn't really know how to fine tune it. Yeah. You don't need to worry about that with this commander. Yeah, just there throw is, the good stuff in and yeah. make it rain. Mono red sort of gets overlooked in commander a lot of the time, I feel, but it's gotten a lot better in recent years because we've got stuff like the top tier is basically like Felden, and then there's Neheb the Eternal, which is another awesome one. And then there's another one, which I think you want to talk yeah, about that's, next. Yeah, that's, that's the card I'm bringing up now. Mine number four is a Planeswalker commander that we can have called Doretti Scrap Savant. It costs four mana, three generic, and a 
well, mountain, obviously. Mm -hmm. For a three loyalty planeswalker, it has a plus two where you can go ahead and discard up to two cards and draw that many cards. A minus two to sack an artifact, and if you do, return artifacts from your graveyard to the battlefield, similar to Felden almost. And a minus ten where you get an emblem whenever an artifact is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return it to the battlefield at the next end step. So this is a very artifact-centered, from the grave kind of style, great synergy, low-costed, amazing Planeswalker commander who's just oh, yeah. out to get your opponents in the best way possible. And the best thing, so diving in at the plus two first thing, you don't have to target any card in right, your Right, exactly, hands. up to two cards. So that's one of those, they kinda, they, they've been good about making these things on Planeswalkers where you ha can't have a plus where it's like, oh no, I can't fulfill this so I can't plus my Planeswalker. No, they, they've been good about that and that's one example of this. But up to two, so you could discard one or two. So that's basically like drawing two cards every turn. That's pretty good. It is, especially, yeah. Especially in red. Hand. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And especially with his second ability, drop a big artifact that you cannot play and you want to play, but right. it's just too early in the game for it to be relevant. Well, no, go ahead, dump it for the first turn, get the loyalty up so it can take a hit, then minus it. Even if you kill this guy, you're going to get something with an immensely great trade-off value. In theory, that's what you want to get. That it's like, all right, I lost the Planeswalker. I'll get my commander out next turn. It's fine. But now I'm a threat on the board. Yeah, well, yes, I would like to sacrifice my mana rock for my worm coil engine. Yeah, that yes. sounds pretty good. And the next turn, I think I'll sacrifice my worm coil engine, get a different artifact back. Oh, and I get two tokens, too. Felden can do the exact same thing. The, the artifact stuff is broken. Artifact stuff is awesome. That's why I love these commanders. Yeah, this is so good. And especially, lastly, for the minus 10, doesn't happen too much. But again, people no. will eventually stop trying to punch this commander and start trying to punch you so that, well, this commander won't actually come back anymore. But at that point, typically you'll see that this guy will start getting up to eight loyalty or maybe, you know, it's it starts creeping up slowly, slowly. So eventually you do end up getting this emblem. And when it does happen, it's pretty much game over because especially with the minus two going off, it's really easy to just take it to town. Yeah, I gotta say, I've I played a Duretti deck for a while. I don't think I ever once got the ultimate to go off, but it doesn't matter because the other two abilities are just so great. And sometimes even when you have enough loyalty on it to use the ultimate, you're like, nah, I'm gonna go for the value. I I can exactly. kill him this turn. I don't yeah, even need I'm to not, do this. Yeah, I'm not super convinced about the ultimate on this guy. I mean, it, it can be it can be pretty good. But I would much it. rather use the other two abilities over that. Yeah. Much rather. And the only thing that's kind of a little bit of a shame is it's the plus two, minus two. So you end up just kind of like dirtling around with the loyalty. It doesn't end up going too much. So it's kind of like if only the, the values were different, it would be a little bit more interesting. Like even if it was like a plus one, minus two kind of thing, I mean, it wouldn't be as ideal. But it would still be valuable. Right. And I have, I have more I can say about that. But that, that'll wait for another video. Uh, all right. But yeah, this is yeah, this is a really, really good Planeswalker. A great potential commander. Probably one of the better artifact commanders out I there. I would say it's probably one of the better mono-red ones. Oh, absolutely. It's it is. definitely in the top three. Like I said, in the top tier with Felden and Neheb, for sure. There's other good ones out there. Nor yeah. in the wary, I'm just going to say. Under, but, under Sung Hero. Well, speaking of, we're going to go straight into my number four, which is yet another red card. Dualcaster Mage. Now, I love this card. Yeah, this it should come a... as no surprise to anyone. Yeah. It is a 2-2 human wizard with three mana, one colorless, two red. Has flash, so you can play it whenever you want. And when Dualcaster Mage enters the battlefield, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. You all know the drill. This is a reverberate 
for an extra one mana that also gives you a 2-2 body. There are any number of reasons why this is an improvement over a simple twin cast to reverberate because being a creature opens up a whole new realm yeah, of shenanigans especially to play for with. only three mana there's been a wizard tribal deck that came out in recent years you know with um with inala that basically doubles every wizard that comes into play so this is just oppressive. there's stuff like panharmonicon there, there's yeah there's all kinds of things it's you only can gotten better as time this if this was a grape that was bottled forever ago this wine is a fine, yeah. fine specimen. <laughs> and it's one half of an infinite combo with a bunch of different cards, actually. The most notable ones being a Twin Flame and Cackling Counterpart, where the way it goes is you have to have another creature in play first. I knew you were going to go into this. Right. You have to have another creature in play first, but if you cast one of these cards that essentially makes token copies of any target creature, then you flash in the Dual Caster Mage, copying that to target your own Dual Caster. And it, it, so on and so on, and it goes in. You create an infinite stream yeah. of tokens. It's like almost a different Kiki Jiki, almost. Yeah, it basically does the same thing except using instants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, the question people usually have is like, do I want Snapcaster or do I want Dualcaster? And honestly, the real answer you come down to is I'm making room for both, even if I'm <laughs> taking a land out of the deck. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. they're just so good. They're so versatile. They're so strong. And I mean, look at something like we just said with Felden. Go ahead, play something, tap three, get him back, duplicate it. It can be very oppressive, especially when you're playing big, expensive spells where Red has a good handful of them. Yeah, and note that it says copying target instant or sorcery spell. Again, does not have to be your own. You could target somebody else's giant exsanguinate, for example. Yep. Yeah, get right <laughs> so, back yeah. in that face. It's great. Yeah, you can... It's a tricky card. You always see this in Is It. You see it with Storm. You see it with a bunch of other things. And honestly, this is the first time you've seen it. We're glad we showed it to you. But if it isn't, we definitely understand why you're going to want to pass forward through this part. But yeah. going no. on to my number three. Now, this is a card I love. I know you love yeah, it. Yeah, so. another card Stu stole from me. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a thief. Um... <laughs> It's called Wave of Vitriol. It costs seven mana, five generic, and double green for a sorcery that reads, each player sacrifices all artifacts, enchantments, and non-basic lands he or she controls. For each land sacrifice this way, its controller may search his or her library for a basic land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped. Then each player who searched the library shuffles it this way. God, I know this card from you and I respect it. I didn't think you would choose it per se, so I'll let, you, I'll let you take first tips. Why do you, why do you love this card? Well, I will say that while this is a very powerful card, I would not play it in just any deck because it does require everyone to sacrifice a lot of different things. Yes. I mean, it's nice that it kind of replaces the lands that you'll lose, but you are hurting yourself, essentially, and you're also having to sacrifice all artifacts and enchantments. And there's really no way around this. I mean... It's not like a board wipe where you can, oh, I can make my stuff indestructible. Not really. Although there are a number of decks, like, granted, that sacrificing doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But m the reason I love this card so much is because one of my favorite commanders out there that utilizes sacrificing abilities is Mazarek, the, the commander that whenever anyone sacrifices anything, you can basically pump your entire team with plus one, plus one counters. 
I played this card as one of the basically the finisher cards of that deck, and it is incredible. Yes. People get destroyed by this, and they never see it coming. Well, yeah, because this is a card that's really off the grid, and it's a very weird board wipe because it doesn't affect creatures. Because right. green loves its creatures, it's not going to touch them. So everyone's always prepared to lose creatures. Maybe one artifact or enchantment, max two probably, unless there's some combo on the field. So when this hits, everyone's surprised. Everyone's got their pants down except for you because you're ready to go wild with this. And especially if you have landfall triggers, this is massive for you. Yeah, and if they don't have a lot of basic lands stored up in their deck, this is especially devastating against like those five color decks that yes. don't play a ton of basic lands because you're essentially ghost quartering all their lands and they may not get anything. No, they in might return. lose probably about two thirds of their lands and get three in return yeah so th that said this ability i mean it costs seven mana this is an expensive card to play it, and it requires green, it requires some good some like preparation and setup to use effectively but still just an absolutely devastating card and it works great with other decks that like to have certain things hit the grave so if you're using stuff that like Tassiger Delves, go ahead and play this. Now you have a free Tassiger again. Like, you can go ahead and make it so, like, you can get the value you need. Titania, losing the lands, it doesn't hurt. You go right. ahead and you get tokens to replace it. And, I mean, the list goes on and on for where it can really, really shine. The only thing is if you have the old Sigarda out and you're not going to sacrifice stuff, well, you might not want to play this until you get that problem off the board. Right. But it is just a great... It is it is a ace-up-the-sleeve card that you've showed me and I respect and fear. So I wanted to talk about it for that reason alone. Well, it's a good choice, and yeah, I appreciate that. Well, the next card you're talking about, I was going to talk about as well. So, all right, <laughs> go for it, Cal. All right, well, number three on our list, going back to the red artifact theme of this video, is Scrap Mastery, and it is a sorcery that costs five, three generic, and two red. Each player exiles all artifacts from their graveyard, then sacrifices all artifacts they control, then you put all artifacts that were exiled already onto the battlefield. So basically, it's it's a it's a red artifact themed version of Living Death. Yes, that's in that exactly you, what I was going to say. You exchange the artifacts that are in play with the artifacts in your graveyard. And as people who have been watching these videos know, Living Death is one of my all-time favorite cards in Magic. So when they printed a version for artifacts, I was all over it immediately. Boing. <laughs> because it's even more potentially unfair and abusable. Yeah, really having the power of this, great. especially when you have stuff like a Brea deck where everything's an artifact, you're not going to be losing much when you play this. You're going to be gaining right. so much more, especially if your opponents only have a handful of artifacts. Sure, they might get a soul ring back or some mana rocks, maybe even a creature or two, but what you're getting in return is combo pieces, yep. finisher moves, a board state that's so unparalleled you're gonna win. Yeah, as the as the art suggests, this did come in the Duretti pre-con yes. along with that Planeswalker, and it's pretty much the game plan. You just dump artifacts continuously throughout the game, accumulating advantage, and then one scrap mastery can basically end the game. Yeah. So yeah, this card is kind of crazy, and it's just a staple for any artifact deck, pretty much. I'm pretty sure Wave of Vitriol was not from the artifact. No, but it's like the only one in this video that wasn't. All right, I was gonna say, I think it was all. Yeah, we pretty much said a lot of things about this card. I mean, you said a lot of things that I would say. It can be broken, it can be unfair, and I mean, also, picture's awesome. You gotta, you gotta like, if you're doing a Duretti deck, you're throwing this in not only for theme and flair, but because it's efficient. Oh, yeah. 
But moving right. on to my number two, Stu's number two. All right. I'm going to start doing that more. <laughs> Stu's number two is going to be Unstable Obelisk. It costs three mana, and it has two effects. The generic, you can go ahead and tap this and produce one generic mana. Or for seven, you can sack this and destroy target permanent. So this is a very interesting mana rock. Now, typically for mana rocks, they're single serving. They only produce mana. A couple examples here and there, they might do something else like draw you a card or something like that. Or you can sack it to like the spell bombs and stuff like that. You can do something right. niche for here and there. But being able to have a meteor golem on a three drop guy like this, it is incredible. It is... I don't know why people run Meteor Golem and not this. It, it blows my mind. This only helps you boost your mana and can get rid of any permit. A land, a planeswalker, everything except for an emblem pretty much, people. This is awesome because it's going to sit around and later you can use it and lose it so you win. Yeah, well this is another one we're going to fight over because I wanted to talk about this one myself too. Well, we, we have a lot, card. We've had a lot in common in this set, but for good reason because yeah, this card is really, really solid. Uh, because it's a colorless mana rock, I don't think it belongs in like every single deck ever. No. However, I do th believe that this is an auto-include staple in pretty much any given monocolor deck. Because I would even say up to dual. Plenty of plenty of monocolor decks, especially uh, like black, for example, and blue. Uh, struggle with answers to certain kinds of permanents, and this oh. both boosts your mana. And, hey, if you really need an answer, it's there for you later in the game, so why wouldn't you use this? No, every every color type has something that it misses, right? Can't hit enchantments, pretty much. White has problems hitting, well, it actually can hit lands, but it's at a global kind of state. Right. But, like, it's it just being able to get rid of that worry, knowing that this is your toolbox answer for anything, you know you have to dig for this, but it's an artifact. Artifacts are the most tutorable thing in the game, pretty much. Pretty much. So being able to get this thing out in a variety of ways... And having this on the field, you just it's kind of like that warm blanket your mom's going to give you. Like, oh, come here, you're sick. We're going to make <laughs> you feel better. This is like that kind of thing where you can sit pretty, knowing as long as you get the mana, you got no problem. And again, for those Eldrazi decks or other colorless commander decks out there, which are kind of short on removal as it is, it's this is pretty perfect. much the best thing in your arsenal, really. Yeah, it's just so good. You could even argue putting it in a tricolor deck. It wouldn't work necessarily as good, but like, it's just home to so many awesome plays and oh yeah, this one it's yeah it, it's a it's a you great can card. taste so, the salt on this card on players. It's so, so under good. so underrated too. Yeah, it really is. So going to your number two. Kyle. All right. Well, my number two is another one that uh, this one is not underrated but still very good. Myriad Landscape. It is a land. The first time we're talking about a land in this set review. But it's a colorless one, comes into play, tapped, taps for one colorless mana. And then you can tap two and tap and sacrifice it to search your deck for up to two basic lands that share a type, put them onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your deck. So this is a double Terramorphic Expanse or Evolving Wilds, Or basically. a Burnished Heart land, pretty much. Yeah, the, the benefits are it does come into play tapped, However, and the lands That's that it gets... That's not a benefit. Well, the, the benefits... Well, the, the, so it comes into play tapped, and the lands that it gets are tapped, but the benefit is it does tap for mana itself, so it's not yes. totally useless. Yes. So, yeah, so it, it can it can sit there and just, you know, be a land generating mana for you. However, it can also, like I said, become a double Evolving Wilds to make two landfall triggers, 
get you ramp you basically yeah it, it's a, it's just a great card again a staple for monocolor decks yeah or so i love this for a variety of reasons as well i don't think it's necessarily for monocolored i think this can be applied to many other things if you're doing landfall obviously this works because you're getting two triggers and also the land for turn uh also green and white have a version of this as well i can never remember the name of it but it's pretty much the same thing uh, but crows and verge yeah, crows yeah. And verge. so it's pretty much like so if you could have this in any color that's what this is. But being able to be in green white and getting two of these, it's phenomenal. This doesn't take up a card slot for being for ramp. Kodama's Reach is a great card, but that's not in all colors. So being able to give this in red, black, whatever, this is very strong and these colors need this. Yeah, exactly. The same case I made for Unstable Obelisk goes for Myriad Landscape. It covers the holes in a lot of strategies, especially. Like I said, monocolor ones are where it really shines because the basic lands that you get, one, they have to be basic, so you can't sneak shock lands into play like yes. you can with Crows and Verge. And two, they have to be the same type. So I, I've, seen, I've seen people case. play this. I've seen people play this in two-color decks. I wouldn't do it myself, but I understand it. In a monocolor deck, though, like I said, this if you're not playing this, you're crazy because this is absolutely well, a you staple. you need to tell me a blue-black deck wouldn't want this or a Rakdos deck. Of course they'd want to use this. I mean, you, you would ideally want a Burnished Heart scenario where you get one of each color. Sure. Right. But either way, whichever one you're lacking, you're going to want. But also, since it is basic lands, this works with stuff with, like, Ameria... Valakut, Cabal Coffers. Yeah. So those kind of things that give you a huge boost, this is only helping you get to those quicker. Yeah, so again, it's very simple. I don't think there's a lot to say about it other than it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And actually, I didn't realize it was the OG in this set. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, I'm talking about one that is a land that's OG to this set as well because I think it might be a little better. Um, right. For my that. number one, we're talking to the land arcane lighthouse hmm. it is a colorless land producing for colorless mana and for one colorless as well you can tap this to make it so that until the end of the turn creatures your opponents control lose hexproof and shroud and can't get those effects either so this is a very strong card for the fact that now lightning greaves is not doing anything except giving haste being able to take away that keyword hexproof is strong being able to get rid of Shroud is even stronger. Now it makes it so all your spot removal can be turned online, all for the cost of one generic and tapping this land. It creates so much more value for you just being able to hit things that you can't normally hit. Well, for the record, I am not going to argue that this card is not good and does not have a home places. It does, obviously. However, I'm not as, I'm not as hot on this card as Stu is because... It requires a combination with one or more other cards to be good, obviously, because if you remove those abilities, you need to then follow them up with something. Of course. It is really useful if you can fit it into your deck, because Shroud and Hexproof can be really unfair a lot of the time. And like commanders like a Lazav, for example, or, or a Sigarda that already have Hexproof. Or who's the guy that produces pretty, the angels? Are pretty nuts. Um, the the blue white guy when he goes ahead and he attacks creates the four four angel. Oh yeah, Geist. Geist, yeah, yeah. Geist, Geist is Saint Trass. Yeah. So can it be good in some cases? Yes, but I don't know. I, it doesn't take up a spell slot also, which is nice. We should mention yes. that. So, but the thing that you're also missing, you don't need to have an answer. You're just giving an opportunity to an opponent to take out a problem. So well, you right, make it, it is so a that useful something, politics card as well. It yeah, can be. you can totally make it so that you're fine with things now. All of a sudden, especially when you're getting global blanket effects like uh, so the new cigar, to pretty much can make it so that all humans and that player have hexproof. So you're not targeting 
that opponent, or are you? But is it? Well, what are you are targeting the opponent with the arcane lighthouse? No, because no, because it says creatures all your opponents control. It's bl it's blanket for everyone. You're yeah, but Sigarda makes person. it so that that opponent doesn't can't be targeted. So this makes it so that it would be it exempt. would it would still work. It would no, still hit. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But so. But my, either way, the point I'm yeah. bringing is for all those humans, which you wouldn't be able to hit before because you have a blanket kind of effect like that. Yeah. They're now susceptible. You can now take them out, and you can now destroy them. Yeah, my point is that like this. I don't think this is a staple card. I think this is a very niche card, which is good in a few, in a small handful of decks. Like for example, um, I have a Yasova Dragon Claw deck, which obviously, because of the commander and a lot of the other cards in it, the main point is to target other people's things. Therefore, this card is very, very useful right. because it gets around those those pesky hexproof and shroud creatures. However, in, in your average run-of-the-mill deck where you might not have a lot of effects that target other things, do I care about it or think it's that useful? Probably not. Well, so, all right, if you couldn't tell, Kyle and I have two huge debates on mana base, and he's always wrong and I'm always right. So, I, But having yeah, okay. stuff like a Homeward Path, it's something that's great value. It's good for a particular moment. You're not going to want just lands that fix your mana. You're going to also want stuff to be versatile. I'm, more, card, I'm much more concerned about my color bases than he is. And I'm more concerned about having answers for everything. So that's where we draw a line. So for people who like to be prepared for all scenarios, you Boy Scouts out there, this is part of your Swiss Army knife. It's part of it, but there are also other cards that can pretty much cover the same things. Like, instead of jumping through hoops with this, just play a board wipe. It can clean everything up, you know? Don't worry about the getting each individual creature. I don't know. It's a, it's a whole It stands thing. to reason. I can give you a couple count examples where mine's better than yours. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll throw up a debate for the poll. Is Arcane Lighthouse something that you would throw into most decks, even if your commander doesn't have a targeting effect? Yeah, we'll that, that's, that's, in an inter yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting question. So I'll just say up there, are you Team Stu or Team Kyle? <laughs> so click on this guy. All right, well, I guess time to get to my number one. Nah, and this it's going to be garbage. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think anybody can argue with this one, not even you. So my number one for the set is Commander's Sphere, which, yeah, it's been reprinted a lot of times, but this was the original, yeah. and boy, does it rock. As much as, the, oh, it rock, that's <laughs> hilarious. So it is a three-drop artifact, to, it taps to give you one mana of any of your commander's colors. And then for no cost at all, at any time, you can sacrifice it to draw a card. This, like, it, between this and Myriad Landscape, I was really unsure which one I would rank higher. This is better. Because they're both super awesome cards, but this one had to take precedence because Myriad Landscape, like I said, is pretty much confined to monocolor decks, in my opinion. This one other than monocolor decks, where it's not actually that awesome, should be in pretty much every deck you build. Yeah. I mean, if you're not running this in your commander deck, you better have a real good reason for it. Well, it's card draw. It's, it's a, almost a better Mind Stone, I would say. Oh, like, it is. Oh, it's absolutely so a better Mind Stone. You would stone. prefer a Mind Stone in a single color deck as right. opposed to this. But also, yes. the one thing I do love how they did is color identity, not color cost, casting cost, because we do see hmm. creatures where it's like, the cost on the the CMC is doesn't affect the uh, the abilities, the ability. And, right? So yeah, so, you can have you can have a creature that's considered five colors without actually costing five colors. To exactly, cast. and right. also the added part of drawing a card off of this is so great because how many times do you see a chromatic lantern fall to the ground and it's like it was so good, it was doing so much work, but now it's just gone. It feels really bad. Well, now yeah. having the ability to go ahead and lose this rock, whether it's getting targeted or not, if you just need value for your hand, 
you can do it and you can make it happen. And this is recurrable. Oh it's yeah, so, this is, so this many is ways. free draw that is reusable. Yeah. How, how and it pays for itself. How great is that? Yeah, it really is so good. It's a phenomenal card. One of the best things they've made from a commander set by far. It works for so many things, whether it's neglected or not. Yeah, it's right up there with the command tower land as things you need to run. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a staple in commander, and it's not going to be going away for a long time. No. Although you could make an argue for the arcane signal that's coming out. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's going to be it's going to be difficult to see where that ranks. I really really like it, but whether it is better than some of the other options we already have. We'll have to wait and see. We will. But until then, be prepared for next week when we're having the money cards from this set being brought to your attention. Oh yeah, and they're good ones too. They are pretty good. So if you like the commander sets or you're just interested, be sure to check that out. And also let us know how you feel, what you think on all of our social media platforms. Yep, you can find us on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, tapped out for all of our deck lists. Or you can just hit us up at our email at mtgthecardpool at gmail.com. We're all over. If you like what we do, be sure to like and subscribe. This way you also hit the notifications. Get more right when you want it. Please do. But until then, I'm Stu. And I'm Kyle. And we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time, time at, at the, the Card Pool. Yeah, that sphere's good. Yeah.